0: Welcome to the Media Mavens podcast brought to you by the Evergreen Network. The Media Mavens podcast is where you'll hear the latest and
1: greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And here is your host of the Media Mavens podcast. She is the original
0: Media Maven, Sarah Miller.
2: Hi, this is Sarah Miller, your host for Media Mavens podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Koshman, Hi, Michelle. Hi,
1: Sarah. How are you? I am good. I haven't talked to you in a while. 2021. Yep. We're here now. We took a little break. I'm super excited because we're into season two
2: of our yeah. podcast. We've just blown up so quickly. Welcome back. Yeah. And season two has some really good guests on it. Getting a little edgy today. I'm super excited because, you know, Jason sitting here being quiet. You know, a little Star Trek fan. But we have Jason Fiber who is the SVP and GM of mobile technology for THX. And I'm going to say a Star Trek fan. Jason, welcome to our show.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: Welcome. It's good to have you. I live long and prosper. long and prosper. <laughs> it is so cute because I think all my co-hosts are big Star Trek fans. I'm the only one who is not. How does that happen, Sarah? No, but I started watching The Mandalorian. I downloaded Disney+. Plus. I broke down downloaded and i'm obsessed
1: with the little baby yoda now yeah the girls love baby yoda it's a different franchise but we do love baby yoda too
0: pretty easy to like baby yoda it's a sort of cuteness times ten.
1: yeah i love it or i think it's grogu is actually the name (laughs) only real
2: tech people know that i just love it but oh my god so jason yes jason jason fiber congratulations you guys are a finalists in the 13th Annual Media Excellence Awards, which Yay! is a huge, Yay! huge feat. Like what we you know, we set the release out on the final list. And what I love is that everybody just became frozen. Nobody really did anything with COVID all last year. They keep blaming last year, but there was no real leadership and strength in tech because everybody was so afraid to do anything. But seeing the finalists come out who trudged through and survived and Thrive through COVID to this point in itself is a testament to leadership. So I'm super proud of some of these companies that I've actually looked at. You know, I mean, I can't just because i we produced it, obviously, but I'm so proud of some of you guys, the scores you have, because you guys really hunkered down and used that time to innovate more stuff. So I'm super excited that THX is in the run right now. And I this is my fault and I should know better. Okay. Hold on. What category? What category? Do we have you guys in?
0: I I believe it's something like digital entertainment, but I also don't have it in front of me. But it's it's (laughs) nice to be recognized.
2: We are are prepared (laughs) here on the podcast in mobile and entertainment.
0: It's where you insert a sound effect of papers wrestling.
2: Right? Hold on. Okay, yeah. I can't do that. You guys, um, you guys, X is an entertainment app for the spatial audio app for Windows. Super excited. We want to dig in with you and go mobile. But first of all, tell us a little bit about like thx i mean this is the first year i think or the second you guys got into the awards but what's going on with thx and what are you guys i mean you could talk about this because you submitted it so it's now public let's talk about what you guys are doing at thx and how you guys have innovated yourself and what you're launching right now with this new app
0: sure happy to so thx is a brand that i think is pretty well known globally it was a company that was first born Out of Lucasfilm, George Lucas watched a screening of The Empire Strikes Back and was really unhappy with the theater, determined that you really want to up your game and be able to display movies in a cinema that makes you feel good and sounds good and looks good. And so we created a standard for cinema auditoriums called THX. And so you know, for the next 20 years or so, it became a calling card for exhibitors that wanted to be able to tell the world, we have a great room. The baffle walls are in place. There's no bleed between screens. The luminescence of the bulbs are good. The sound quality is excellent. And so a THX certified theater meant you're going to have a great experience and a great sound and video experience at the theater. And so the business then also moved into consumer electronics. So because we were great at making sure that rooms performed well, we were also able to build a consumer electronics practice where high quality devices were submitted to our team. They were measured And if they passed, they were allowed to attach the certified by THX badge to the product. And that then led the OEM to be able to sell more at a higher price at stores like Best Buy because it had been verified to be a high quality product and thus certified by THX. And so that was the company's business for quite a while. And then as the home theater business grew and more and more people were building their own home theater rooms, we got into the home theater business and that worked out fairly well. And then mobile started to happen, right? People started to listen more on headphones, mobile devices came on the scene, and it didn't necessarily translate as well immediately because there was a lot of big room work, but we hadn't done a lot of small room work. And it became clear that in order to keep the brand going, we needed to invest in technologies and have something more than just a quality mark to indicate to the world that this was a quality product with quality THX product inside rather than the brand and so about five years ago we decided to pivot into technologies now we still have our cinema business and we still have the consumer electronics business but technologies is where my group comes in and so we really decided to pursue two separate but related products the first one is a really high quality headphone amplifier called triple a and the other one is to dive into the domain of spatial audio So as I'm sure you're aware, you know, movie theaters, home theaters, they all have the ability to put, you know, five, seven or greater speakers around you to get that immersive surround sound. But what happens when you're wearing a pair of headphones or you don't have room for multi speakers and only have room for, like, say, a speaker bar? that's where we come in we're able to recreate the sensation of being immersed in audio as if you're in a large room with speakers or a small room with multiple speakers and hear sounds coming at you from behind you above you in front of you and arguably further out from where you're when your headphones are on your ears further out from your ears utilizing technologies that we've been working on for games movies music and other entertainment
2: that's really Surround sound, whether in earphones or in a big room, and it's like remember in the movies it used to be like you know surround sound by Dolby. Yep. And it used to be way back when, and we used to actually work with Dolby when I was up in front at the agency. But then, and I remember, and then I was like, you know, THX is like that immersive surround sound. So you guys have really it was like kind of the evolution of the Dolby days to now to the very immersive days with you guys right now, because you guys got gaming, you, there's VR, there's AR. There's so much that if you can't come to that immersive experience on the visual and the sound, you, you just lose the effect of keeping the attention.
0: Yeah, we're, we're not the first guys to be in this. I mean, there's other companies that have done, you know, spatial audio solutions and multi-channel solutions for headphones. We think we're the best. We think we've got a great technology. We think it holds the original artist's intent as our kind of sacred cow. So we really want to make sure that whenever you're using our products, you hear it the way the producer wanted you to hear it. So whether it be providing a little more immersion because of stereo or an authentic, you know, multi-channel surround experience, it it's reflective of what the creator was wanting the end user or the customer to be able to hear. So that's really the principle that's driven all of our products from day one.
2: So what's up with the app? You guys are finalists in for best entertainment apps. Tell us a little bit about this app you guys just launched. Sure.
0: So, you know, there's multiple ways to access spatial audio products. Many pairs of gaming headphones will ship with it. It's slowly creeping into, you know, music and other products. But the lion's share of the spatial audio is really within the domain of gaming. That's where the sound cues are particularly important. And even micro changes become important when you're a real high-end gamer. But how do you get spatial audio if you don't own a pair of gaming headphones or you don't necessarily have a product that you like? We created a standalone app for windows 10 that allows you to download and install it it works with any connected headphones bluetooth usb three and a half millimeter and it gives you the same quality of immersive channel-based spatial audio that you would get when you buy a high-end pair of gaming headphones to be able to localize sound whether it be gunshots or footsteps if you're playing a game or in movies you know to be able to hear you know, whatever the director wanted to insert behind you or to the side of you or above you, it is as true to life as actually being in a theater or perhaps as true to life as just being out in the world when you're not wearing something. Well, on We you have
2: ears. the ancillary noises and everything going on around you that you can't hear because yep. you have so much as noise counseling headphones when you're on the plane or for music. So this makes sense for entertainment. Yeah. Now, two questions. This is for Windows. Okay. What about Mac? Because a lot of the creative guys are on the Mac side, on the Apple yep. side of the fence.
0: You know, just bluntly, we don't have a Mac product at the moment. The lion's share of gaming is done on PCs. You know, it's the most dominant gaming yeah. platform. And obviously, we want to sort of build products for the masses. So our first focus has been with PCs. Then who knows where we'll turn up next, but, you know.
2: Well, why do you think that is? I mean, you know, there's always, it's kind of like being Republican and a Democrat. You have the Mac users, you have the PC users, Windows and Apple. I mean, I'm an Apple. We are, though, agencies were Apples. And I love it. Just I mean, I used to be on a PC, and then once I got hooked into a Mac, I just I never went back. I mean, literally, it's so easy to simplify and connect everything. And it's such a monster Apple's such a huge company and so innovative. Why? And gaming is like a multi-billion dollar industry. Now, eSports is tapping on and driving that. How come you don't think Apple has actually, do Do you think it's because Mac has monopolized the gaming space? Do you think it's like an R&D thing? Or, I mean, why hasn't Apple? They're so creative on visuals and everything they do. How come in your opinion, do you think they won't go to the gaming space? I, I
0: do think they're meaningful in gaming. I don't think the sort of sharp divide between Mac and PC exists today as it did, you know, years ago. Oh no, no, think,
2: it does. You I should think, see think, the comments I like get. You're a I Mac think there's cool. are A
0: lot of people that use both. I mean, I do. I've got a Mac and I've got a PC. Wait,
2: are you? Are you? Wait, are you more Mac or PC based?
0: I guess at this point, I'm more PC based. Right. I think I've lived with PCs longer. Of
2: gaming. Yeah, Michelle, what are you? PC. Okay, because I I get a lot of grief, people. I can't open this fall desk, because you're on a Mac. So my whole reply back to this, no disrespect, mad love to you guys. It's like, well, because Macs are made for intelligence. That's <laughs> what I always say. Because there
1: is still a little bit of a divide. So okay, sorry, keep going. So would that mean that a PC then is made for emotion? Uh, One uh, for- spurt. <laughs> I,
0: I was gonna say, so so you so you came right, here for
1: that's a fight? Yes. Yeah. No, because that's a that's a great point that you mentioned, Jason, about how the the recreating the sensation of immersion. That's that's an emotional thing, like sound. Th- we're going into award season. They give Academy Awards for sound editing, which yeah, is all right. about making you feel like you're in a desert with flies buzzing around you. I mean, that is intended to strike you emotionally. Sure, it makes sense that technology is catching up to what people really want. Wait, to out see. of all of this, you had to go to a desert with flies around it. <laughs> Yes, anything besides these four walls. <laughs> there you
2: go. You're on COVID, but they like, seriously, talk to us about that. I mean, you're SVP, you're GM, you head up mobile. You're the most innovative yep. guy in tech in the entire company. In what you do, you you just think Windows just has a bit different software to encapsulate that immersive experience.
0: So you know, I'll give you an opinion. It's not necessarily fact, but I think it's sort of grounded in fact. Which is, I think people have been building PC products for so long. That as a result of having all the R&D and development for the PC platform, which itself is more extendable, you know, you can do a lot more to customize a PC. You can build your own PC. You can build your own gaming PCs. There's a whole secondary industry of people who enhance and overclock and super cool their PCs. So you can do a lot more, whereas Mac is more of a closed ecosystem. You don't have like a builder community around Mac. And so I think from the PC perspective, people can game more on PCs because they have greater control of the hardware as well as the software. And so developers, you know, much like us, you sort of develop for where the masses are. Yeah. That said, a lot of games are online games and a lot of, you know, computing is cloud-based. So I think there is a fair number of people that are able to game on Macs. They just don't necessarily have the whole ecosystem that you can get with a PC where you can buy all the different accessories that are designed for PC. And let's not forget that Xbox as a platform is also based on Windows. And so you have that extension into the console world that's also based on the PC infrastructure. So I think you're seeing the PC dominate because of, A, the legacy of gaming on the PC, the flexibility and then because of the extension into the um, gaming hardware platform.
2: Okay, so this is interesting that you brought this up because I have a sm- I got a smart TV last year or year before a big smart TV and Sony. So if I click on, you know, the little remote, it says smart TV. It's a Netflix, the Disney Plus, the Hulu, ESPNs, Amazon, everything. Right. But it's Android sure. based. So I had to go get a Gmail because everything is Android based. There's no, I mean, those Apple TV, Apple TV, but the smart TVs were all the Netflix, Amazon channels. It's all Android based, going back to the PC version. So I thought it's interesting. But you brought up Xbox. I have a funny story. Yep. But it's a kind of a stupid story. And I don't, and this is a podcast, so I don't give a shit.
0: It's your podcast, you know, man. Go with it. <laughs>
2: do you know John? Yeah, do you, I always have a stupid story. Mucci, Do you know John Bukowski? We love these I, stories. The guy did. Okay, he's big in mobile. Started and Block, created, sold M Blocks. Big in esports. The guy's at ultra. Okay. He's all about the. They have a monster esports facility down in OC. It was like Huntington Beach. It was like one of the largest esports facilities on the West Coast. Okay, so my stupid stories. So I thought maybe you know JB is because he's been above the MEAs as well in the past. Is my, I'm not a gamer. I mean, yeah, I'm about little stupid cute things on my phone if I'm on a plane. But I got an Xbox, brand new Xbox, not a gamer. I had all my friends over, had a dinner party barbecued one summer. JB and all these mobile, mobile guys, okay, let's get it set up. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. They set it up. He goes, you need a call sign. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It was like probably like nine years ago, this happened, maybe 10. And so I just came up with okay. I was just gonna say glamour, glamour girl, LA. girl LA, yes. I don't know. And and, and, yep. LA and JB and J B and those guys like ah uh, they're looking at me like yeah, let's do glam, yeah, glamour girl. LA. That works perfectly for you. They set it up. I had this whole Xbox, I had Glamour Girl LA, was so excited. Yeah I'm like, oh God, it's it's available. That's cool. And then that's right, you know, when Facebook really started getting steam, you know, then Instagram and Twitter, you know, everything just kind of evolved very Closely, but you know, within the last ten or so years, so I got on Facebook, and then I did my Twitter, and then I did the Instagram, and I literally Glamour Girl LA ten years ago, nine years ago, was available. Like, oh, it's my call sign. So literally across the platform and every social, I'm at your Glamour brand Girl is LA, based on your Michelle Xbox. Laco. That's a
1: wild story. <laughs> Bravo.
2: <laughs> my my entire social <laughs> platform. How to find me? I don't need to eat, eat access-entertainment.com glamour girl la and it's so funny the gaming industry created my whole glamour girl la persona I now mean, we're in pr we've done fashion we're in tech and mobile it's because of a stupid no offense xbox and you know what i never once played games and i never used my xbox it got thrown out was never used since then
0: I figured the story ended that way. And I think, you know, there's, you know, I think people have been using their aliases and their their screen names for a lot longer than that. I mean, you know, going back to the AOL days and even earlier than that, I think people continue to use some of the names they came up, you know, 20 years ago when they were first getting online.
2: I wasn't that creative back then.
0: But, you know, it's like your mobile number, right? I mean, I, I got my phone, my first real phone when I lived in New York and I have a 646 area code number, but I live in California. But I'm sure as heck not changing that number because it's associated with my identity, and it's even more associated with your identity because it's now what's used to validate your
2: identity. Your login, yeah. Right? Your
0: cell phone has become so important that whenever you get like a double, you know, double login or whatever, you've got to always check your messages that gets or texted banks. To you. If you
2: log on with so, your basic face ID, I, we don't we we can yeah. tell by your cell number who you are. I kept my San Francisco number, my four one, my four one five.
0: So much like Glamour Girl LA, yeah, well, no, you've got your same I, 415 member, but you live in get LA. I to my
2: 415. And then about after five yeah. years or three years being in LA, like I'm not going back. And I had to make the move to 310. And I'm like, oh my God. Mm. But I figured Glamour Girl LA was even existing back then. But my 310 right now yeah, will never leave me. Yeah. And I'm, I, I blame and I thank the gaming industry for creating my Glamour Girl LA ecosystem and it cracks right. me up. But the thing is, I've never logged on to the Xbox ever since then. Yeah. Sorry. Right. But let's talk about you. Let's, let's go back to you. You have all the technology. You guys are doing a tremendous job on the spatial audio sounds around. Are you guys actually pivoting into products and the headsets or are you staying only on the technical side?
0: You know, at this point, we've been exclusively focused on providing solutions to our partners, so, from a hardware perspective, it hasn't been our business, and uh, you know we're not looking to compete with our customers. So for the time being, I think we're in the domain of building and licensing solutions to power other products. So whether it be with our AAA amplifier or with spatial audio, you know the goal is to try to find as many partners as possible to use it, be it headphones, PCs, speaker bars, mobile devices, you know, anywhere where there's a speaker or a headphone jack, we think we can be a, a an extraordinarily high quality solution, whether it be spatial audio or tuning or amplification or all of the above. So, you know, THX as a brand could arguably do well as consumer products, but there's a lot of other great consumer product brands out there. So we want to apply our brand in a way that kind of reflects our heritage, where we're providing things that make your product better as opposed to competing directly with your product.
2: Yeah, so stay focused on DNA. I mean, it's powered by THX.
0: Yeah. And, and, and a lot of companies that have a brand like THX have tried to go into the hardware business. And inevitably, they don't establish a real strong foothold because it's hard to navigate when your customers suddenly think that you're their competitor. But
1: that's interesting yeah. too, how technology is setting new standards. Like you just mentioned, the sound that people want to have how pixar affected disney and and now we expect animation to have a certain level i watch sure. even older movies if i i watched a rogers and hammerstein movie at some point recently and i was frustrated with the sound quality because i had gotten used to new technology sound and i had to find it yep. remastered and i had to refine the new edit to really enjoy the story it was so connected to my enjoyment of the storyline was the audio quality yeah that is amazing new standard
0: well sound. In many cases, sort of, is the secondary consideration when building a media property, be it a movie or a game or a VR presentation. You know, I think sometimes sound gets kind of like the secondary treatment because there's so much work that goes into the visuals, you know, trying to create, you know, realistic visuals and immersive visuals. You know, sound is arguably much more evocative in terms of the way that you respond to something emotionally. And so, you know, that's part of what we're trying to do is make sure that sound gets equal, if not greater footing. In a lot of these projects and trying to create something where you do feel like it's realistic and it does feel like you're immersed in it when you're wearing a pair of headphones or or listening through speakers that use our tech
2: well i feel like like you know like wizard of oz go with the wind they remastered some of these historical great movies and it's all about the color and the vision and color vision and everything and they like michelle your point they don't really they don't really look at the audio i would think like with what you guys are doing thx jason That's. I feel like when you're mastering some of these great historic movies, I feel like this should be the industry standard. So otherwise, I feel like there's a disconnect between the visual and the audio, and that can also throw it off and kind of fail as a success story. I mean, I would think you guys would be more of that industry standard. If you're going to remaster anything from in the past, shouldn't the sound be an automatic so you don't have that disconnect?
0: Yeah and i think a lot of a lot of studios do do a great job of remastering the sound when they're remastering you know older movies and it's you know the same thing with music i mean think about the beatles as an example right their recordings were all mono and so at some point, they remixed the Beatles catalog to be in stereo. And so it sounds different, but arguably it sounds more current. But there's a hardcore group of folks that only want to hear the original mono because that's what they grew up with and that's what they're used to hearing. And when you suddenly hear stereo, let alone you know surround sound or immersive audio on something like the Beatles, it really changes your worldview. And I think for the lion's share of the population, it improves it. And for others, you know, they still have whatever the original recordings were to go back and enjoy, you know, on scratchy old vinyl yeah. and mono. I
2: mean, everybody wants to go old school to vinyl because they think it's cool. But to keep people immersed and where the revenues are, yeah. you, you've got to innovate. you you got to have these things on. What are your favorite pair of headsets?
0: Well, it sounds like I'm being a little self-serving, but I'm actually being honest. I'm wearing the Razer Black Shark V2 Pro. It's a wireless headset and it does have THX Spatial Audio. Doesn't mean to sound like an advertisement, but it is honestly the lightest and most comfortable wireless headset I've ever worn in my life.
2: Can those, I know you have the mic on because we're on Zoom. You could take the mic off. I assume it's attachable. Are those, because like, so I have my cute little white ones on with little silver edges. They're super great. They're podcast ones, but I am corded. I mean, I'm not wireless. What I would love is that what you have on the razors, then when I go, either if I'm snowboarding, I'm going on a run at the gym or traveling, they also, because they're wireless, their actual dual mode to hook up to everything. Yeah. Well,
0: obviously when you're these this is not a workout headset, right? This is a gaming headset, yeah. but it's also useful for just voice communication. And again, as you can imagine, given COVID and everything else, I am on calls all day using Zoom or yeah. some other technology. And so if I'm going to have something on my head that I can stand to have on my head for like five, six hours at a time, it's got to be comfortable. It's got to and, and the mic has to work in such a way where the other person, you know, isn't like speak up, move your mic. So, you know, they. this is a, a headphone that I was really proud to be a part of because of the way it sounds.
2: Yeah. Well, the one with the mouse ears that you showed us earlier, I think those are our favorites. Yeah, you are <laughs>
1: talking to Glamour Girl LA. So
2: if someone's going to make it workout gear, it would be Sarah. If you had right. a choice, I, said, here, I mean, we're not, not that we're going to push products, but honestly, you know this. What is the best product for headphones with the spatial, the sound that you could do on Zoom calls for three hours, go for a run? you know, be on the airplanes and the music. What is your opinion? the best overall headset for this? Again,
0: I think you're asking an easy question for which is not an easy answer because I would choose a different pair of headphones for running and working out, a different pair for being on an airplane and a different pair for the kind yeah. of, you know, call we're having right now. So I would say sitting at your desk conferencing, I think the one I'm wearing, the uh, the Black Shark V2 Pro is world-class for working out earbuds, the true wireless you know, hard to hard to argue that the uh, Apple AirPods are not a great true wireless headset. There are others out there. You know, yeah, we have a certified right. pair of true wireless from a company called One More that are excellent. Helm makes an excellent pair of uh, true wireless earbuds. Razer makes some excellent true wireless earbuds. You know, I think it really depends upon preference and ultimately fit and then sound. Well,
2: are you guys universal? So can I get the spatial audio sound on any... Whether I'm running at the gym or music, can I have that experience?
0: Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. So, so to answer the third question for flying, I'd want something with active noise canceling. You know, I don't want to hear the roar of the airplane. There are headphones with strong clamping force that don't need active noise canceling that'll sort of just isolate it based on the size of the ear cups. And there are others where there's active noise canceling, which then allows you to really retreat into your silent world. But in terms of spatial audio, the product that we are um, happily nominated for is a universal solution if you have a Windows 10 PC as your connector, right? So if you are connecting via Bluetooth, you can use your Apple AirPods. If you're connecting via a three and a half millimeter cable, you can use that. So. There isn't one unique product across all product categories. There's always got to be a source device that's doing the spatial. So if you're running, you're probably using your mobile device. Well, we have a solution for mobile devices. And so therefore, anything that you attach to your mobile device will receive spatial audio because it's built into the underlying firmware of the mobile device. Same thing on the PC side with the mobile app. So there, I mean, those are really the two major sources of audio content, right? Your mobile device, your PC. And if you have a PC with our app, you're great. If you have a mobile device that has our audio solution built in, then you're good there. And so therefore, it you know wherever you are, there we yeah, are. And I
2: guess the reason why I, was, I should have elaborated on that because people are on the airplane or they're listening to the Kindles, the audio books, or they're watching movies on their laptop or their iPad or stuff. And so that sound quality to me is it would be, it's so important. We know getting out of the theaters, out of your home, surround sound, you're still watching a movie on a plane. If it's a long flight, you don't want to hear all the No, You want to be immersed in that movie. And it's all about yeah. the immersive experience and experiential, which the sound, I think, is a brilliant play on the mobile side. Yeah.
0: I mean, and that that's the point, right? I mean, you want to create, you want to immerse yourself in whatever content you're enjoying in whatever environment you're in. But of course, there's a whole... You know sort of secondary headphone industry where you have what's called you know open back so you actually do allow some of the world to bleed in because you don't necessarily want to be fully tuned out so there's a you know all kinds of headphones even the true wireless right the way that those I mean, excuse me the um active noise cancelling the way active noise cancelling works is it has microphones on the outside of the headphones that you know hear the environment and then invert it to be able to create the silence but you can also turn that off and allow the external audio to bleed in, so that way you're not fully shut out. You're not completely turned off, and so I think the products that do really well allow you to either completely shut out or to allow some of the world in, so you're not completely shut out and missing
2: things. So we all need better earphones right now. Get us that, Michelle. Which ones? Do you- yeah. Or or, or better
0: yeah. underlying technologies on your devices to drive the ones you have. So. You know, if you're obviously, you know, you're using, I guess, a Mac, but if you're on a PC, you could download the app and you would be getting spatial audio on the headphones that you're wearing right now.
1: Michelle, which are your headphones? I don't remember who they are, but they're intended for music. The, the, the set that I normally will use are intended for like recording artists and it's more music focused, Yeah, but they're very heavy too. what you were saying earlier, Jason. Yours are very, very light. They are heavy, which is why I don't use them as much as I should. Yeah.
2: See, I have Bluetooth yeah. ones to run and work out than these, but this is, so this is what's funny because we, you know, the MBAs was created 13 years ago and, you know, because we created it being a PR firm, we are at that intersection of technology and entertainment. And given what you said, yeah, we should all have great pairs of headsets to entertain us, but it's that technology behind it that drives the quality. So being at that intersection of entertainment and technology is such yep. a sweet spot where I know we started out at years ago. And so it's super awesome to see companies like you guys submit, become finalists and get you know your innovation out there because you're right in that sweet spot of tech and entertainment. They're, they got to go together.
0: R- really exciting. I mean, it, it's really the sort of, you know, interaction of software and hardware, right? If you have a well-built piece of hardware connected to a well-mastered or well-created you know piece of content or the software then you have the full ecosystem right you've got something that was mastered right it was mixed right it sounds good then you have a pair of headphones that can accurately reproduce it whether it be stereo or spatial you know you have essentially the ultimate you know home home home-based entertainment system on your ears and in your device.
2: Nice. So what's your background? I mean, we, we know where you're at now, which is so impressive, yep. the job you're doing. Talk to us about like what were you leading up to? I know you did some time at Warner Music. What is your kind of background yep. in entertainment and tech?
0: So I was a kid that grew up and anything I could do to get into the music industry, I did. And so for the lion's share of my career, I've been in some facet of the music business. I've worked for record labels. I've ran and founded my own record labels. I've worked as an artist manager. I've worked in publishing. I've worked in music retail. So my background is all music. And so you can imagine from a quality perspective, particularly having been in the studio, that's what I carry with me into THX is this notion of quality as it relates to recording and specifically around music. I'm not a gamer. I don't have a background as a gamer, but it's pretty easy to understand what gamers want as you move further into understanding the domain of gaming. And as we all know, there's a lot of crossover now between, you know, movies, music and games. You know, there's, you know, global finalists that do, you know, that have competitions at the Staples Center where you get a bunch of kids on stage playing a game. But at the same time, you've got music acts opening the show to sort of set the stage for it. So there's a little blend of all but yeah my background is is music. I grew up and everything about my identity was somehow connected to music. And then I moved into, you know, new media in the early 90s, you know, started to build websites and understand how technology was going to push the overall entertainment industry forward. I heard a digital audiophile in about 1993 and it blew my mind that out of a computer I could hear high quality music and it wasn't tethered to a CD or a record or a cassette. And so the minute I heard audio being reproduced by a PC that sounded good enough, you know, FM radio quality, I'm like, everything's going to change. And so I threw myself into being at the intersection of physical and digital. And as the world moved into MP3s and originally DRM protected files, and uh, this is where I, you know, I met Ralph Simon in that part of my career, you know, because he was very involved in that as well. And we were able to, you know, eventually I landed at Warner Music Group, where I was the president of a label that was designed to be the first e-label helping bring artists into the world via digital releasing, which, you know, at the same time was less expensive because you didn't have the costs of physical By that same time, it was also more difficult because you're in the same time trying to convert people into enjoying content digitally as opposed to with physical. But that was a turning point and it was a great opportunity to do something that combined my two loves, technology and music. And so when I got to THX, you know, sort of taking technology music and adding additional, you know, product experience as well as diving into this domain of spatial audio and even higher quality headphone amplification. Nice. Very cool. That's, a, that's the brief version of my
2: LinkedIn. <laughs> that was a production. good that was a good cover. Yeah. A good, a gitty mm-hmm. bridge one. What's your gaming call? Or what's your um your tag across your socials and gaming? Um
0: my 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 tag across social is usually Jason Jason. Um and there's a sort of silly story behind it and the short version is there was a period in my life where I was moderating a forum. And I wasn't really taking my identity seriously. It really felt like a behind the scenes because I wasn't a member of the community, although I was sort of the administrator of the community. And as a result, people reached out to me because they couldn't get their password right or they you know, wanted to get their friend online. And uh, my my tag on that forum was just simply Jason, right? And so eventually, I met some of these people in person. And I'd introduce myself as Jason. And they'd look at me and be like, Jason, Jason. And so uh, <laughs> hence, hence my tag, you know, or my ID for online was Jason, Jason. And so then it became a joke where it was like, Jason, 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 Jason. And we could keep going, you know, for a while on that. But yeah, it's just uh, my first name twice. And then I started DJing at one point. And so to shorten, I became DJ Jason. Square.
2: Oh my God. So funny. Well, you know what they say. It's so that great. It's part of my past. It's so great. That good you named de- me twice. Good DJ name. There you go. It's like right. Jason, Jason, yeah. baby. Michelle, what is your um? I know you're not big on all the socials. What is your call sign across the board?
1: Mishka, which is little bear in Russian. It's what the Russians said because they couldn't say Michelle. <laughs> uh, see, and
2: I just call you Michi. It's so funny. So like I have Jason, Jason and Mishka on my podcast today. There you go. See, it's all about the call signs. I think it's awesome. I love having you on here. I just think like our podcasts are always so informative. And I, we always learn something new every time, but this is definitely a rare one where I had no idea about sound quality and until this call. I, it was amazing having you guys on. And it's just, you know, like we look at, we talked about sound and this whole podcast, you mentioned earlier, you know, sound can have PCs, which is incredible. I mean, just not to go on the Mac whole bandwagon, but, you know, I do play Spotify and stuff. And the thing I love about the Macs is the sound quality because... Now look where Pandora and Spotify—you have making music, technology, quality of the sound and hardware—and so I just I just think how it's the evolution over the years where we've come of the sound from music, entertainment, gaming, everything is just leaps and bounds. So it's great to have you on and see how THX has been growing.
0: It's a it's an honor and a pleasure to be here, and uh, you know I'm always happy to watch you know, quality improve as our bandwidth improves and the quality of devices that reproduce sound and video improve. So, you know, Spotify and Tidal, you know, with their MQA relationship, so you can get now arguably better quality audio from Tidal than you would actually get on CDs because they actually have even higher bit rates than are available on CDs. And it's yeah, just, something. you know, it'll hit Moore's Law at some point. There's going to, you know, it's kind of like TVs, right? Do, do you really need like a you know, an 8K TV or a 16K TV? Like, at what point is it just kind of invisible? But I think on the audio side, we're still, you know, reaching greater heights in quality. And the idea is to try to get all of the masses to understand that quality matters. And so whatever they hear or see is good. And I'm happy to be, you know, at the intersection of that now.
2: What do we have to look forward to from THX this year? Anything new coming out or where you guys going?
0: Yeah, we've got a lot of new products we're working on, not quite at the point we're ready to announce them. But I think the two classes of products that are going to be important, not only for us, but other companies are personalization and creator tools. So, you know, as more and more people are able to do more and more with their devices, I think you're seeing a lot of, you know, amateur creators that want to become semi pro creators, even, you know, like kids that are using apps like TikTok and whatnot, you know, they're they're essentially taking different pieces of content and assembling them together in one presentation. And so I think more tools to allow better creativity is in high demand. And I think you'll see a lot of that as well, as well as things that make the audio and for that matter video more personalized to you because everyone's eyes are different everyone's ears are different and you know no one size fits all ever i would say one size fits most okay and so moving into the domain of personalization allows you to truly have a dialed in eq or a personal sound profile that is more authentic and more realistic for you so i think those are two areas that you know collectively the industry and and thx is looking at how to improve and 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 bring greater tools to the masses for that
2: i think that's me to be great because they're youtube their um studio creation packages as well and everybody's i think what yeah. is michelle we talked about this TikTok and youtube on the content creation so i think that's where the personalization is going to be critical this next year
1: and that's a really nice way of putting it too jason yeah. that technology has just made us more aware of what we personally want. It used to be you said this is your technology, everyone get used to it. Yeah. Now we're yeah. able to figure out what we really want between Sarah yourself and myself. We all might want different things and technology is rising to meet us. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah I'll give you an example when I was you know back in the music business and touring, you know all of the artists use in-ear monitors and there's some high quality earbud inner monitors you can get. But if you go to you getting an echo, Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, But if you go to an audiologist, you can actually get an ear mold taken of the inner shape of your ear, and then you can get an earbud that actually looks really weird, but it's based exclusively on the shape of your inner ear, and as a result, it gives you a much more authentic and better locked-in feeling, and musicians love it because it gives them the isolation they need when performing. Wow. So that's one sort of hardware way of creating personalization. (laughs) You know, ours is obviously through software.
2: Speaking of software, I have this Echo Echo from
0: jason jason <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think I, well, well played ceremony well <laughs> okay so i know i we loved having you on and we're running out of time congratulations again we wish you the best Thank of you. luck and we should be announcing their winners pretty soon and so we look forward to seeing yep. you and talking to you more we you know down the road and flying up with you but until then jason jason where can everybody find if they have any questions regarding thx or partners brands what's the best place to reach you at
0: the best way is just to visit the thx website i'm easily found on you know different social media my email is just simply my first name at thx.com but um i think you know you'll get a lot of information from thx.com our website and we're fortunate to have you know one of the early registered domains so it's just three letters.com and uh when you're sort of not thinking it means thanks like a lot of uh younger kids do but you kind of know it's history. You know, thx.com is where you can get a lot of information and uh, reach someone if you're interested in talking to us about AAA or spatial audio certification or just want to say, hey, I love what you guys are doing and, you know, I love what George started and and how it's evolved.
2: Nice. So I want to thx you for being on the podcast today. Once again, well done. (laughs) This is so much fun with you, Jason. So so I'm super happy to wrap another podcast. This is Glamour Girl LA with Jason, Jason and Mishka at MediaMavensPodcast.com.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens Podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, subscribe to the Media Mavens Podcast on your favorite podcast provider or on the Evergreen Podcast Network. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, log on to www.mediamavenspodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top
1: business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.